Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. For those of you who are fortunate enough to be with us, we had a remarkable guest named Pam Stencil, and Pam's agreed to be back with us. Pam has a remarkable ministry speaking the truth about human sexuality to young people really all over the world. And we're going to just continue our discussion, but let's start the same way with another little picture of you kind of doing what God's given you to do. Let's take a look at it. And there is only one thing that you can remember from me this morning. This is what I want you to hear. Students, if you have sex outside of one permanent monogamous, and monogamy does not mean one at a time. (laughs) One partner who has only been with you. If you have sex outside of that context, students, you will pay. There is a cost. And, you know, Pam, I better, I better introduce you a little bit more for those who are here for the first time. <laughs> Pam is a married woman with three children. Well, she has a ministry all over the world, speaking the truth to young people about human sexuality. And, Pam, what kind of response do you get? I mean, you really tell it like it is. What, what happens when you go into public schools, Catholic schools, you know, and, and, and speak this. What You know, I'll tell you, I was just the other day in, in three Catholic schools in the Dayton, Ohio area, and just re- fresh in my mind, and it's, it, these kids coming up going, you know what, we didn't know that. We thought coming into the assembly that we would know everything you were going to say. We've heard speakers before, and, and uh, you just told us a lot of things that we didn't know. And I think some of it might be that it is stuff they didn't know. Some of it's the way it's given. I mean, yeah. I, sometimes I think kids can kind of tune out when you, and I don't allow them to tune out because I'm talking to you. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think, you know, I've always said, I did, my job is not to keep kids from having sex. I think sometimes people think that those of us who are abstinence educators or teach chastity, that our job is to run around the country helping kids, you know, telling kids not to have sex. It's not my job. My job is to tell kids the truth. Mm -hmm. What they do with the truth is 100% theirs. I tell people who are in ministry, and I do it every morning, and I think no matter what ministry God's called you to do, you should do this. I get up every morning and I say this. I am not the Messiah. (laughs) There was a Messiah. His name was Jesus. It's not me. I can't save. I can't fix. I can't keep people from doing All I can do is speak the truth. All I can do is walk into someone's life and tell them the truth, and then what they choose to do with the truth they've been given is 100% theirs. And that's why I start the way I did. I didn't come to your school to tell you what to do. I didn't, I'm not going on your dates with you. I don't have time. Your parents can't choose for you, even though as parents we wish we could choose for our own kids. What I don't want you to have to say is you didn't know that no one had told you the truth. You've been given the truth, and now you have to choose. Are you going to trust your creator? Or are you going to trust MTV? Yeah, yeah. You know, that is really the decision facing the culture today. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to yeah. trust? Who are you going to trust? That's right. Who's telling the truth? Who's not? And, That's right. And there's really a real real conflict there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's been a, it's a beginning of the time conflict. I mean, we've always struggled with, are we going to trust God? Or are we going to trust culture? And, yeah. and, and every generation has had their own time to make that decision. But I think this generation probably because... They are so bombarded 
with the false message that sometimes even the truth given to them sounds kind of like, wow, can that really be true? Because I've spent, you know, the last 15 hours watching MTV and they didn't say anything about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just, I have never been so appalled when Desperate Housewives came up. And I kept hoping, please let this bomb. You know what I mean? Please let this be the worst show ever. Of course not. Of course everyone thinks it's the coolest thing ever. I was watching Oprah. I was getting ready to speak for a Crisis Pregnancy Center fundraising banquet. And I was ironing in my hotel room. And I almost burned my clothes. I don't watch Desperate Housewives. I refuse. It, it just, I, I, it, I will get too angry. And I will need blood yeah. pressure medication. Yeah. So I, I, I won't do it. But I was watching Oprah. And Eva Longoria, who is the, one of the actresses, and her character on Desperate Housewives is a married woman having sex with an 18-year-old high school senior. No one has a problem with that. Wow. Anyone struggling with this yeah. issue? Anyway, she said out loud on Oprah, I kid you not, I thought I would burn my clothes. She goes, you know what? I am so glad to play this, act, you know, this part, and we're having so much fun. Because you know what we need in this country? We need for adultery to be a little more fun. Wow. I was like... What? Wow. Weren't you just saying that the other yeah. day? What we need yeah. is for adultery to be a little more fun. I just, this is, my friend, this is what is being handed to, into our homes uh, every, every week. You know, it reminds me of a story that Admiral Jeremiah Denton told. He came back from being a prisoner of war in Vietnam for uh, many years, and he was being, you know, lauded at all kinds of fancy dinners in New York City. And he was sitting next to presidents of big networks. And they're saying, gee, Admiral, I really hope you appreciate what we've accomplished while you were gone. We've now made it possible for people to have sex with teenagers without guilt. You know, we've just kind of, you know, opened the doorway for us to have fun, you know. And that, that so appalled him, he ran for the Senate from Alabama and got elected senator from Alabama. But there's people wanting to push us in this direction. There are people who want to do it for their own purposes. Yeah. You know, they want to exploit people. They want to do what they please. They want to make... It deserves the name wicked. It really does deserve yeah, it does. the name wicked. It's a wicked, evil thing yeah. that's going on, how, how people are pushing people yeah. in this direction. And, well, and and my, my you spend your whole life trying to tell people <laughs> what the direction is and what, what's going to happen. My grandfather taught me a poem that when I was little. He's a godly man, one of the most godly men I'll ever know. And I don't think I understood it fully when he taught it to me, but when you, when you teach children things, if they memorize it, it will come back. It goes like this, vice is a monster of so fearful a mean as to be hated upon merely being seen, mm. but seen too oft, familiar with its faces, one first endures, then fondles, then embraces. Wow, yeah. And that is what has happened in our class. At first, we're like shocked. How could someone do this? I yeah. can't believe. And pretty soon, it's every night, and yeah. it's every day, yeah. and yeah. then it's everybody's doing it. Yeah. And then we get the cultural thing, especially about sex now, where, as we said earlier, we've taken the concept that anybody could ever be monogamous or ever wait to have sex until they're married and then remain faithful in marriage. That is so not even thought as, as, as possible that we just take it off the table. Yeah. Since that is not even... Mm. A, a possibility. Yeah. Now we have to, to tout condoms and birth control and yeah. all who knows what else. Yeah. And when you say, no, there's another option here. Yeah. The option is to remain chaste until marriage, remain faithful uh, uh, in your marriage. And, and if you do that, you will, can avoid all these consequences. Oh, that's not possible. Yeah. That can't be done. You know, there's a line in scripture where St. Paul says, 
these things should not even be mentioned amongst you talking about sexual morality. Don't even mention about them, but think about whatever's good, whatever's true, whatever's beautiful, whatever's lovely. And I think that's really true. That it's, it's like the whole analogy about the frog in the water, you know, mm -hmm. that you put a frog in a pot of water and it's, it's boiling, he'll jump right out. But if you put the frog in a pot of water and you in gradually increase the temperature, he'll be lulled to his death. And, and that's true. Mm -hmm. People start out of curiosity watching something and then they get used to it. And when yeah. you go into high schools, what, is there opposition to you going to a high school? Is yes. there controversy? Yes, always controversy. I'll, I'll tell you, the, probably my biggest... And I think they have dartboards. They have they have pictures of me that they throw darts on in their main offices around the country. Uh, obviously, my biggest detractor is Planned Parenthood, and uh, Planned Parenthood has uh, been the reciprocator of uh, tons of sex education money over the last thirty years. They've received millions, of millions upon millions, of millions, upon millions, millions yeah. of dollars, yeah. and uh, they're really not happy right now that that absence education is getting a tiny little bit of funding and we laugh because they have not been defunded yeah they, they we are continually funding them they've just taken some funding now and funded an absence movement and of course they're screaming and yelling and having a fit and one of the things that really bothers me is that they absence is breaking out what are we going to do we cannot have help absence is breaking oh. out and uh, one of the things that is so frustrating is they have, and rightly so in the media, because as we all know, the media is kind of controlled by people who don't always agree with uh, a faith-filled stand here, but they, they have painted abstinence education as being given half-truth. They're, they're only giving kids part of the truth. Of course, they're giving all the truth. They're, they're giving the whole truth. And you know what I find so insidious about that is that exactly the opposite is true. They are actually withholding truth. They're actually telling kids that they can use a condom and sleep with 15 partners and not get a disease. I mean, that's literally what they're saying, that it's perfectly acceptable for you to have multiple partner sex, if you so choose, as long as you have latex, and then you'll be safe. Not to, not not to mention the psychic devastation uh, that, that's going on, which isn't even on there. It's just, the, and, and you know, here we are out there, and, and like one of them said, well, you don't talk about condoms. I'm like, I talk about condoms every day of my life until I'm sick of it. I, but yeah. I, the difference is I tell kids the truth, that condoms do not protect necessarily from all of these diseases, and that the only safe sex is a safe partner. That's the only safe sex, someone who is, in fact, uninfected. And, and they, they just... I, I, they don't get it. And then one at the time, I was telling some folks earlier that Planned Parenthood come right up against me down in Southwest Florida. And on television, I will never forget this day, the woman who's the head of, uh, of Planned Parenthood in Southwest Florida looked at the camera and said this, acknowledging that condoms aren't safe, because she had to acknowledge the truth. Plus, it had just come out that month in the consumer's uh, report, digest, or whatever it well, is. Well, that the, that the most faulty condoms are given out by Planned, Planned Parenthood. Parenthood. Like, the, yeah. they, they were the lowest the scale, the condoms. quality scale. Yeah. So, of course, she has to admit that, in fact, then there's a failure rate. She had to go there. She, and she looked right at the camera, and she said, but we can't tell kids that condoms don't work because they might not use them. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Like, do I, what? So what you're saying is our kids can't handle the truth. We must lie to them. Do, do you have any idea about how many high schools you've spoken to or how many students or what size the crowds are? You know, just, just some feeling. <laughs> I'm of, in of front the... of about approximately, depending some years, it's a little less and, and it may be more, about a half a million students live a year wow. right now. So I'm in Mexico twice a year for a week and we do uh, big stadiums. So we do about uh, 20,000 kids a day. So we um, here, I'm primarily in schools and, and uh, my... my um, 
I require that I have the entire school. There's a reason I require that because I, I want all, not only do I want all the kids in there, every kid for one hour needs to hear this. The ninth grade girl is not dating a ninth grade boy. She's dating a senior. I want him in there. I, I want both of them there. The other reason I do it is because I want every teacher in there. Yeah. I want the math yeah. teacher in there. I want the biology yeah. teacher, not just the health phys ed teachers. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that everyone is exposed to the message in, in that hour. And uh, and part of it is skill. I mean, I, there are a lot of people out there giving great messages to kids. I hope they continue to do it. They can do it on a classroom level. It's a different skill to be able to stand in front of 2,000 kids and do it. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just a different yeah. And, and so if you're going to bring someone in who can do that, then put the 2,000 kids in the gym. Don't give me 50. I, I scare yeah. 50 kids to death if I have <laughs> yeah. to do just 50 by themselves. Hey, we're here today talking to Pam Stencil, who's carrying out an important mission about telling the truth about human sexuality to millions of young people all over the world. And Pam, we only have a, you know, maybe 10 minutes left in the program, and I want you to just speak right to the people who are with us. Just, just look right at the person behind that camera. And first of all, tell parents. What, what do you think the most important things that you have to tell parents? Mm -hmm. just, just, just tell it to them. And then well, I should do the same thing for the young people. Yeah, well, you know, parents and grandparents, I, I just think we need to never forget how valuable we are to our kids. And, and no matter how many times they roll their eyes and, oh, Mom, you've told me a million times. In fact, when I say to my kids, if you've told me a million times, if, if they haven't said you've told me a million times, I'm not talking enough. That's my <laughs> gauge. So let the eyes roll. Let them think you're crazy. Um, you love them. There is no one on the face of this earth who loves that child more than you. And they need to hear from you, not from MTV and their friends. And, and so talk to your kids, speak to your kids, instill the values uh, that you've been given into your kids. And you know what? Don't look for the results. Don't, don't, don't say, well, if they're not responding to what I'm saying, then I'm not going to continue to do what I'm You do what you're supposed to be doing. Love them. Speak truth to them. And, and I believe in the end, you know, it might take till they're 22 holding their own child or 25 or married and go, oh, my goodness, I've become my mother. And it will be all worth it then. But we have to be involved in our kids' lives. Desperately important. And Pam, what would you say to young people watching right now? You know, young people, if you're watching single, whether you're college age or in your 20s or whether you're a teenager here today, you know, it's really easy to say, well, you know, everybody else is having all the fun, and if I follow Christ, you know, he, he wrote the Bible to wreck my weekend, and the Ten Commandments are just a big pain. You know what, I, I thought, and I, that's what I thought growing up for a little while, and I thought God was bored one day, he didn't have anything better to do, so he made a bunch of rules, and then all he did all day was stand up there and watch me, so that if I blew it and broke a commandment, he could, you know, fry me with a lightning bolt. God loves you. And God's law is not about wrecking your fun and ruining your weekend. It's not about, you know, you can't do and everyone else gets to. It's about protection. It's about giving you the best. It's about blessing your life. And you have to choose that you're going to trust God and his plan and his desire and his love for you, or you're going to trust what the world has to say. And, and, you know, there is nothing more valuable that you will ever give another human being than yourself that intimate gift of you. And you do not have to throw yourselves away on relationships that are temporary and people who are going to use you and abuse you. But you can save yourself for that relationship that God has ordained and you can be able to walk down that aisle and wear white and mean it. And there will be nothing more valuable than that. No matter what anyone else says, no matter how much you get teased, I had a young man, six foot eight senior, huge basketball player at his Catholic school. 
chased me down the hall, and the teachers later told me he was a 4.0 student, full-ride scholarship to play basketball at Duke University. He chased me down his Catholic high school, going, running, going, virgin, you know, <laughs> you don't miss a six-foot-eight basketball player yelling virgin. He caught up with me, he said, Pam, it's easy for girls. It's easy for girls to tell people they're virgins that are not sleeping around, but you don't know what it's like for a boy. You don't hear the locker room talk. You don't hear the boys on my basketball team talking about what girls are easy. What do I say to all my buddies when they're mocking me because I'm a senior and I'm a virgin? I said, young man, the next time your friends start to tease you because you're saving yourself for your wife, I want you to look at your friends and I want you to say this. Any day, tonight, I could choose to be like you, but you will never again be like me. Because once it's gone, it's gone. It takes that long to throw it away. It takes a lot of integrity, self-respect, and a lot of faith to wait. And you're worth it. And I hope the students know and get that they're worth the, the struggle of waiting for them. Pam, I know there's probably young people who hear you and say, you know, this is how I want to live. I wish I lived this way, but I've made mistakes. You know, what, what would you say to those? And here's what we have to say. And this is the joy of the gospel. This is what is so hard to leave out in the public school. We say so you're sitting going. I've made mistakes. I wish I could go back. The reality is there is no sin that any of you could tell me you've committed that Jesus' blood won't cover. That is why He went to the cross. But the sacrament of reconciliation is not about saying sorry to God for your rebellion and your sin on Monday, so you can sin again on Friday. It is a hundred and eighty degree turn from sin and rebellion to righteousness. It is, a, it is a change in behavior. And, and I think one of the most profound scriptures in the Gospels is Jesus with women. I, I find that just profound to watch. And one of the most profound stories is one that is known well, is the woman who was caught in adultery. That woman did not meet a guy on the internet and hook up at Denny's. This was not a woman who had an affair with the neighbor. This woman probably had spent her life in sexual sin, had probably made a lot of poor choices, maybe even as a prostitute. She was dragged naked in front of a bunch of self-righteous men in the temple. They said she deserves to be t stoned. What do you say? Jesus said, if you're without sin, pick up your rocks and start throwing it. We know they left. Jesus was left alone with this woman, most profound scripture. He said, where are your accusers? She said, they're gone. He said, neither do I condemn you. Sometimes we don't read the rest. Yeah. Neither do I condemn you. Get up and keep thinking that men are going to meet your needs. Get up and think the next guy you sleep with will stay. Get up and think that husband number five is going to fix this problem. What did he, get up and use a condom next time. <laughs> Jesus said, get up and sin no more. Mm -hmm. If it were not possible, if she, did not, if she could not get up and leave her life of sin, why would Jesus have asked her to do something mm -hmm. she couldn't do? Mm -hmm. You know why he asked her to do it? Because she could. Because none of us is beyond the grace of God. None of us. The gospel is what brings people home and gives them the strength and the courage to live a life of faith, even if they've made mistakes in the past. So people can come to Jesus and experience forgiveness and really Complete. make a change in their lives. But it takes an encounter with Christ. Yeah. I just believe it takes an encounter with Christ. I mean, we can tell people stop doing that and they can think, oh, okay, I'm going to try real hard. I just think it takes an encounter with Christ and uh, experiencing the sacrament, understanding what it means to be forgiven before we can get up and change. Which is the message of Jesus to the woman at the well. When he said, I've got water. If you would drink mine, you would never be thirsty. Mm. And, and she goes, tell me about it. He goes, go get your husband. She goes, I don't have one. He goes, yeah, you're right. You've had six and the guy you're shacking up with, you're not married to. You're like, Jesus, that was not kind. You know? But you know what Jesus was saying to her? He was putting her, his finger right at the heart of her need and saying, are you tired yet? 
Are you tired of trying to find love and fulfillment in life in these things that will never bring you life? Are you ready to come to me, the only one who can give you life? That's why, as a church, we must go into the world. We have the answer. We have the cure. Not medicine. We have the cure for the disease of sin out there, and we need to bring it to them. The Word of God and the blood of Christ and Absolutely. the sacraments mm -hmm. and the Christian community the church. Hey, thanks, not just for so today, good. but for your yes to the Lord for all these mm. years and for the future. Really appreciate it. Till next week, this is Ralph Martin and Pam Stencil at A Cloud of Witnesses wishing you the very best, a life of encounter with Christ, a life of faithfulness to a teaching, a life living in the light rather than the darkness, a life of hope. Hey, we've really enjoyed getting to know our new YouTube friends and podcast friends and we're just excited about how you're responding to the videos and podcasts that we're doing. And we'd like to invite you actually to a closer relationship with us. You know, Renewal Ministries that you know through podcasts does a vast amount of mission work. We're, we're doing stuff all over the world. The kind of messages you're hearing in, in, in our presentations, we're doing all over the world. We're working in 30 or 40 different countries. Uh, we have a weekly television program. We have uh, daily radio programs. We are reaching out to young people. We have a young adult ministry called Intentional Disciples. We have ministry to high school boys and girls. And quite frankly, we need your help. We need your help to keep this mission going. And if you're benefiting from what you're hearing and seeing on, on these podcasts, uh, please help us get that message out to hundreds of thousands more people around the world. We do retreats for priests and bishops. We're, we're just, we're just have lots of opportunities, lots of open doors to help people all over the world, but we really need your help. So we'd like to invite you to become a Renewal Ministries partner. And what that means is making a donation on a, on a monthly basis, a regular basis, online, digitally. You, we won't need to send out reminder notices. You won't need to put stamps on envelopes and send them back. But if you just go to the link here, uh, you'll be able to get more information about how you can become a partner. And we, we really want to have a special relationship with our partners. And what we'd like to do is offer people an opportunity, maybe once, twice, three, four times a year, whatever, to actually have a personal interaction with Peter Herbeck and myself and maybe other people from the, from the ministry where we'll have a, a Zoom opportunity or some kind of live stream where you can ask questions and we can respond to you and uh, we just like to really develop a relationship with our partners, and we'd like you to develop a relationship with the whole mission of Renewal Ministries. So I hope you'll click on the link, get more information, and consider becoming a partner of Renewal Ministries. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to help us spread the word by leaving us a rating or review, following or subscribing to this podcast, or sharing on social media. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin.